I'm Jennifer Nicholson, and I'm excited to have Kevin Coleonitis with me today. Kevin is a partner at KPMG. He is a Canadian co-lead for data and analytics and audit. He provides audit and advisory data and analytics services to clients in various industries. In this role, Kevin assists clients by utilizing their financial and non-financial data to interpret their data and provide new insights into the operational effectiveness of their organizations. Wow, that sounds really interesting. A lot different from the days when I was an auditor and we pretty much picked a sample out of thin air and tried to extrapolate it. <laughs> absolutely, to come up with a result, right? Exactly. No, absolutely. And, you know, I, I look back on on sort of my history with the firm and, and where I started and you know, I, I was a bit of a baby way back when, when I started, I was a high school co-op student. Oh, high school co-op? High school co-op. Wow, I didn't even and, know they had high school co-ops. And I, I was in that, that era where the tech bust was happening in, in Canada. and uh, So like around I, the 2000 I, era? 1999 oh, yeah. was, was the era. And uh, I basically applied for university to get into basically computer programming, computer science, and accounting. And with that whole pattern happening and, and the bust, I said, you know, I'll place my bets on accounting and, and auditing. And Always a good place to start. Exactly. So, so that's where we started off and, and got there. And, you know, as I moved through the firm, and I understood, you know, there was around risk consulting and IT audits. So that was kind of a venture I got into. And as a part of that, uh, you know, I always loved computers as a, a child. You know, I'd build my own computers. Really? Wow. Absolutely. Rip them <laughs> apart, put them together and, you know, a big gamer and that. So... You know, it, it kind of fit right up the alley around using analytics. Or back in the day, it was it was the old cats lingo, oh, right? Yes. Computer assisted audit techniques, oh, yes. and and so you know, we obviously clearly have evolved since then, and now we're sort of in the realm of data and analytics as well as looking at artificial intelligence and how artificial intelligence uh, is going to impact our industry. So, what is artificial intelligence? I know it's certainly the, the buzzword of the day, yeah. but what does it really mean? So, you kind of look to the Webster's Dictionary and it'll tell you, you know, AI is the capability of a machine to imitate intelligent human behavior. Wow. Right? So, it's, it's a change in the way we look at actual computing, um, where, you know, traditional ones and zeros, where artificial intelligence is, it's almost a black box, where it is an open source type of software programming that basically learns on its own and makes decisions for itself. That's um, kind of crazy. It is. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy, but it's real and it's here. You know, you, you don't have to look very far. I own an iPhone. Jennifer, I don't know if you own uh, an iPhone. Of course I do. Yes. Absolutely. So as soon as you turn Siri on. So do all my children and they can't uh, go very far without it. <laughs> I, absolutely. So, you know, you're turning Siri, Siri on or using Alexa, that's AI. Those. What is Alexa? I know I've heard that term as well, but I'm not, not that familiar with it. Alexa's Amazon's, you know, I'll call it the equivalent of Siri in that. Uh, but it, it's their AI platform that they leverage. So it's funny how, you know, sort of names get associated with these, yeah. these front-facing sort of, I'll call them bots or whatever the case may be. But yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, we, we live it every day. You know, you hear about driverless cars yeah. as an example, right? You know, there's AI uh, built into GPSs, right? I remember the old days using the paper maps to figure out where we need to go. Yeah, I don't know how we ever got anywhere back then. <laughs> Exactly. But now we have GPS, right? And, and, you know, it helps us make decisions and that gives us a solution. But the key thing to remember in all of that is human judgment is still a very important piece to the pie, right? Because ultimately the GPS system will give you sort of, here's the way to go. But if you understand where you're going and there's a better way, you probably make the judgment and the choice to go another way. Right, right. right. That makes sense. And I know it's like when your phone tells you you've got this many minutes to get home. Right. Like, how does it know where I live? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. <laughs> it's fascinating. And, you know, you look at the different components of AI too, you know, there's, there's kind of three things that come to mind. You've got sort of natural language processing, so it understands the speech and what you're typing into the, the interface. Machine learning, obviously, it's taking data sets that you're feeding it, but it's also connecting through a cloud, wherever the case may be, to start to fully understand the problem or the issue that you're dealing with. And then expert systems are another key component of AI. So it's all sort of built in this nice little black box that, you know, we, we try to understand. But, you know, it's in its infancy. It's been around for a long time. If you go back, it was started up in the, actually in the 1800s, believe it or not. What? Yeah. And, but you've seen it more pronounced sort of starting in the 50s up till now. There was a bit of a time, I think in the early 70s, where they called it the AI winter, where funding sort of stopped around the research. But now it's kind of at the forefront again uh, so to move it along. How did it start in the 1800s? I, I'm curious about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I forget the fellow's name, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and it was taking a look at the brain and the processing and the curiosity around that and almost the mimicking of that, not using technology, obviously, back in the day. But that's where it's sort of fundamentally the concept started. Right, right, which I guess is, is how any new technology starts. It has to start with, with thinking of how you can change something, make it better, different, et cetera. Exactly. exactly. So uh, you've uh, been involved in this your entire career. For the most part, yeah. I'd say for the last eight to ten years, absolutely. Yeah. And how has it evolved in the last few years or since you've been, been heavily involved? Yeah, like I said, you know, you go back to, you know, <laughs> you don't have to go too far on the audit side and, and remembering even the old ways that we did it, you know, I, I wasn't around when the abacus was used. However, <laughs> you know, we started to use the calculator and then you progress to uh, Excel spreadsheets and laptops and computers and that, right? Kind of that progression. So I, I've seen that the term CATS, the computer-assisted audit techniques, was one facet that is used and still used today, to be quite honest, to do very static type routines. So what kinds of things? So it could be things where you're trying to match one document to another document. So you kind of have a key field to do the matching on. So you run a routine to actually do that to try and cover off a complete set of data. So I've seen that era, but now you start getting into AI and where those data sets are pulled in and fed into this black box, right? And it's doing the analysis on its own and spitting out the results as far as what it believes are patterns, trends, outliers, anomalies in the actual data itself for the auditors to do what they need to do on it. So back in the day when I worked in the firm, which was in the 1990s, that was a long time ago, but we had specialists who right. who actually applied the CATs and ran the programs and did all that. Is that, I assume now it's probably just a part of every auditor's toolbox. To be honest, that's where it needs to be. It's not like that. Really? Yet. Okay. It's not. It's, and it's funny, I just came down from the session that we just held, mm -hmm. and one of the elements that we were exploring was around education. Take it right back to universities and, and folks studying. There's been a bit of a change in, in the universities and colleges and what's being delivered on the curriculum, but it's still not to a spot where it would allow someone just to come in, pick things up, and move along with AI or even data and analytics built right in. So, and, and by all means, it's, it's not the education system, you know, their fault in that. It's industry, it's the firms, it's collectively as an industry, we need to feed that information to our educational institutions to help us create 
and educate the young generation that's coming out to get them ready because this is a new going to be a new reality for a lot of them. And it's funny, I was in the office there at the end of last week and we had our new recruits coming oh, yeah, through the yeah. offices. They're going through the interview processes and that. To me, it's always an exciting time of the year because you see the fresh faces coming in. You see the excitement from the younger crew, I'll say. I try to explain to them, like, they're, they're coming through the fourth revolution. Our industry is fundamentally changing and they're at the forefront of it. What, what do you mean by the fourth revolution? Absolutely. So if you go through the industrial re revolution, you go through the cycles, we're at that fourth spot because of the technology you look into AI and that that's going to modernize and change. It's going to cut right through industries right across the board. And we're seeing it in different spots. You know, you look at the healthcare sector, you look at examples they've used, they use chatbots where it's kind of a user interface, almost like a nurse or a doctor that based on natural language processing and what the patient is telling them, right, looks to its data and its information to actually help diagnose what's wrong with the individual. Wow. So this is someone, they're actually in a hospital and there's a, a robot that Ab talks to them? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. There's been test cases on it. There's test cases around using AI for CT scans, radiology scans, where all this information is being fed in and they can pinpoint cancer. They can pinpoint blockages within the arteries of the heart, etc. more precisely than doctors can. Wow, that's incredible. Now, Absolutely. why is that? Is it just because there's so much data that's been populated within the system that they can, can scan the, their entire population they, and look for anomalies, etc.? That, that's, that's part of it. The other thing is, is with the, you know, the evolution over the last little while with the change in technology and the speed of processing, it allows computer systems, or AI in this case, to actually sift through that data a lot quicker and make those decisions quicker than a human could. Once again, you start looking at, and the worry is always, oh my God, AI is going to replace us. Yeah, exactly. Right? And it's, it's an element of actually helping us. It will never fully replace us. It doesn't make judgment. The human mind is a very special, I don't want to say organ, it's an organ, obviously, but it's, it's a very special... I'll say piece of matter that is so complex that to try and crack that nut from an AI perspective, will it ever happen? Who knows? But with the way we see it, there's things, there's decision points that the AI will make, but ultimately the auditor, if we put it in that context, still needs to make the judgment whether or not that decision was appropriate or it made sense. Does it make sense? Does exactly. it make sense, right? Yeah. And you're doing that on the same side of not fully understanding the decision pattern that it, the AI has actually done because it's operating in, pardon me, that black box. Right. Wow. So when we, when we turn it back to us as CPAs, yeah. what are the impacts that AI is having on the audit? Yeah. So, you know, if I look at some positive impacts for sure, we look at uh, the analysis that we can perform. The velocity that that happens at is exponential. You know, you, you think about, I put my hat back on when I was kind of that junior auditor, right? We get sent out, we collect this data, it takes us a week to get the data formatted, put in place, run our routines and stuff. Absolutely. Where this, where if you have the connectivity and part of the challenge is the data quality. If you have the data quality there, the information gets sucked out and instead of it taking weeks, it takes hours, it takes minutes to do the analysis. That's incredible. Right, which is huge. And yeah. have studies shown that there, there's a higher, that there's a much better ability to find errors and fraud because of the use of AI? 
Yeah, there's actually, I'm going to throw a little punch out to a startup here in Ottawa, uh, MindBridge, who has developed AI capabilities for journal entry analysis. Wow. Um, and, you know, some of the studies that they've shown uh, and some of the clients that they've trialed it on have shown how quickly they're, they're finding patterns and trends from a fraudulent perspective that from even a regular, I'll say, quote unquote, auditor going through, they weren't identified or in some cases they were partially identified and there was others that weren't, you know, it's, it, it's there, it's, it's, it's here to stay. And, you know, it was funny, we, we kind of got into the debate a little bit upstairs around reasonableness and the concept on the auditor's opinion, right? And, and, and yeah. you know, how we need to provide reasonable assurance. Well, that's great, that's fine and dandy, but we didn't have the tools and techniques that are available today and are constantly evolving. So what does that reasonableness truly mean? now right so do you think it it you have a higher ability to to have reasonable assurance now because you're looking at a scanning a bigger population you can see patterns so you know i mean one would argue yes potentially because you're looking at complete data sets you've got this ai capability that has greater capability than a human would have around looking at patterns and trends within the information in that so is there a higher degree of confidence that you get to than our traditional methods where we would sample just like yeah. we started off with, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so do you have a, a higher level of confidence in, in what you're auditing and the assurance that you're actually getting? And it, it's kind of flip side too, because you put the hat on of your finance folks and the capabilities, like these capabilities that they could be using to monitor their own records uh, and monitor their controls within their organization uh, and the level of sh- assurance for themselves internally. So there's tools that you can actually use internally in a company. It's not just audit software. No, absolutely. Like I said, uh, even some of these pieces of software, like the MindBridge as an example, you could use that within your own organization to monitor, right? Use internal audit, finance function, whatever the case may be. But there's lots of pieces of software out there. And it's really getting yourself educated as far as what's out there, what makes sense from your organization's perspective. And it, it, the change, sorry, the change is so so fast. How do people keep up? <laughs> That's a challenge, to be honest. Yeah. And a couple of good points from earlier today. We there's a lot of uh, a lot of information out there on AI and AI across industries. How it's going to impact various industries. Uh, good white papers out there, etc. One good point came out following some of the pioneers, folks from Google, the folks from Amazon, Microsoft, etc. Follow them on Twitter to see what okay, wow. uh, some of the uh, breakthroughs are coming out and uh, understanding it and trying to apply it within your organization. Is it expensive to, to make these changes? To, to actually make the changes themselves? Uh, I can tell you from uh, an investment perspective within the firms, it's, it's heavy, heavy investment. Right. I guess what the word is investment. Yeah. So <laughs> you get your return yeah. on your investment. Absolutely. 100%. And that's part of the challenge from an industry perspective that I foresee. There's, you know, you got the big firms as an example that have heavy investment dollars. You get smaller players in in the markets that don't have the same amount of investment dollars. But the fundamental problem around AI and the question around AI is an industry issue. And it's not just one firm competing with another firm, right? It's a standard setters issue. It's a regulators issue. It's the practitioners. It's the users issue, right? And wow. it's a big issue because it's changing the way we're actually going to deliver yes. our audits. Right? So how does that really work when you when you look at the big four and you're you're with yeah, one of them? Absolutely. Certainly, you have 
millions of dollars to invest sure. in research and new programming and, and new tools. But what does the, the sole practitioner with their shingle yeah. out, how do they compete? No, absolutely. And, it, and it's one of those challenges. It's a very tough challenge. There, there are tons of firms. We showed a map a little bit earlier of uh, various ARI firms out there doing different things and that. And part of the challenge is not all of them will be around at the end of the day. Some right. will, some won't. So it's like, okay, where do you hedge your bet? Where do you invest, right, to, to help with the firm? But it's, it's really, like I said, it's more from an industry perspective where we should all be sitting at the table to have that conversation because, like I said, this is a change that is going to change us forever, so right? Do you think it's actually required to change auditing standards? That, that people are actually required to use certain tools. Is that what you're, what well, you're saying? Absolutely. So, you know, looking at the standards themselves and, and how they apply, and, and you, you don't have to go very far. You look back to the 80s when most of the CATS audit standards uh, were written. They really haven't been modernized over the last 20, 30 years. Wow. And that's, I mean, right? there's been enormous change since then. Absolutely. So now you kind of put AI at the forefront of this and, and deep analytics and that which there needs to be a fundamental change in how we look at the standards. You know, one good point was raised today around companies using Bitcoin or purchasing, making right. transactions using Bitcoin. There's actually no standard today that allows you to audit that transaction. Wow, that is right? very risky. Absolutely. So, you know, it's all that thought process and mindset that needs to come to the forefront. There, there's working groups out there uh, around this stuff, but the... My biggest worry, to be honest, is technology is being developed so quickly by a lot of these tech firms and that that we need to catch up and we need to catch up fast, right? We're, we're, we're an old industry. We've been around for a long time. And just like a lot of industries, we don't like change, but we need to get the ball rolling and move quicker. What are some of the risks associated with AI and the audit function? One of the risks that sort of comes to mind right off the bat is ethical considerations, right? Because... The AI itself is making decisions in behind the scenes in the black box. And the decisions that they make, you're not sure how it got to that decision. Right. Right. So, you know, it's no different than, let's say, a driverless car. Right. And the car is going along and there's a decision to be made. There's an oncoming car. Right. That's coming for you. Right. There's someone that's walking on the sidewalk. What decision does it make? Which way does it go? Wow. Right. So it's things like that that come to the forefront that we need to explore as a profession. Now, how does that apply to an audit? You know, you think about, yeah. I mean, obviously there's ethical issues when you have human life involved, but from sure. an audit perspective. You know, you, you look and, and you look at the data that the AI is absorbing into it, right? And the information that's out there. Are there pieces of information that's feeding into its analysis that are quote unquote ethical, right? Is it pulling information from good sources is it right. right so all that information feeds into a decision point right and if you don't have that understanding right. how do you get to the right response so that's a bit of a challenge how do you ensure the integrity of the software as well absolutely i know certainly i talk a lot to, to people about cloud computing and how you're yep. much better off to have a off-the-shelf system than a customized one because of course the controls are set and right. you can't change them etc and this would be the same kind of situation how do you know that it yeah. actually works well and to be honest that's one of the big challenges around this you hit it right on the head is you know the controls around the system right how does the system work proving it out 
right, as far as the theory goes. The actual completeness and accuracy of the data that's getting fed into it, so the reliability of that information, right, we still, we're still required as Still the audit auditors. assertions that you have to cover Absolutely, up. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So these are all questions that need to be answered, right, to start putting this in broad base. But that's why I said it's, it's the industry as a whole that needs to come together and say, okay, what's good enough? If we want to use AI, right. right? How do we need to vet it in order for, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Regulator, right? We're using this technology within the audit, right? Is that okay? Right. Right? Because are there standards like that now? I mean, can you really use whatever you want? You can, you can, but you need to prove out the results and answer those assertion questions, right? Okay. So wow. it's uh, like I said, that's why all the key stakeholders need to sit at the table to really get a feel and, and, you know, make sure we're going the right way, right, at the end of the day. And how does AI impact financial reporting? It's no different from an audit perspective because there's elements from a financial reporting perspective that can get fed into the system. So, you know, you go back to the monitoring mechanism for management and that, and we talk about once you start getting into predictive analytics, and this is where sort of the, the gold nugget, I'll say, in it is, right? And, you know, you drive off financial reporting, and it's looking at past trends and historical type information, but it may be looking at other external type information and getting to a spot where you can actually predict the transaction happening before the transaction actually happens, right? Wow. Is kind of the, powerful. very powerful, and that's the gold nugget in a lot of this, right? I assume too, it would really aid in, in closing your, your books, you know, quicker close, quicker decision making, yeah. better decision making, budgeting. So the fundamental question you ask, you're absolutely right. So speed and velocity is one of those positive impacts that we talk about right off the get go. And it's definitely that and the speed on the closing books and providing that analysis, et cetera, et cetera. But the question now becomes from an audit perspective, you overlay that on, right? Is it the point in time audit or do we start actually realizing the continuous auditing model? And then the question, because from, from a financial reporting perspective, are you expressing an audit opinion on those financial statements now? Or are you moving to providing an audit opinion on the underlying data of those financial statements? Wow. Right? That's so a, that's kind of a different concept. Shift. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting uh, times anyhow. So to, to wrap up, what are some enablers that will help AI become sure. a bigger part of our auditing world? Yeah. So, you know, I, I talked a lot about um, getting people to the table, getting the stakeholders to the table to um, figure out how it fits, right? Because one of the barriers I see to entry, right, and which, to be honest, if we think about it, if we delay and we set up barriers, we can't get it in, etc., some other organization may figure out a better way. Right. Right. And get into the industry. Right. So we've got to figure out how we deal with the barriers and how we address those challenges. Another key element is around education and understanding of AI and what does it mean? What does it mean within your industry, within the audit profession? That's a bit of a challenge. And, and getting people excited about it, that this is important. You know, you, you can't put the hat on that. AI is going to take over my job. It's not. We need to use it as a tool, as a technique 
to actually provide the deeper quality audits that we always talk about when we want to get to, right. this is our avenue. And hopefully it makes the job more interesting and engaging Absolutely, for, for the humans that are still involved. Absolutely, because you, know, you look at patterns and trends, you look at value-added stuff that you can provide to your clients by looking at information this way. That's where you want to be. The old term around the trusted advisor that's where you're getting to with this. Absolutely, and you always want to be the trusted advisor as opposed to the, the back office accountant who's ticking and bopping. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. Great, well that's a great way to uh, finish. Thanks so much for being with us today, Kevin. No problem, it's a pleasure.